Welcome to the Texas Home Improvement Super Podcast with Jim Dutton. All the best calls this week throughout the state of Texas. Brought to you by Floor and Decor. Largest selection of hard surface flooring and lowest prices guaranteed. I'm going to take a minute here to uh, wish my mom a happy Mother's Day. And, you know, um, really, I, I got into doing this as a result of my mom. So... People always ask me, you know, where, where did you learn all this stuff? Well, I, I started doing uh, make readies with my mom on rental property that my parents had when I was 14 years old. And we would have to figure out how to do stuff. Dad was at his job, and uh, so we'd go in to redo stuff. Things were broken. We had to take care of it in order to get it ready to rent out. And so we would just literally have to figure out how to do it. And I just, I enjoyed construction work. So as I went up through high school, I took classes in high school to help me with being a contractor. I always knew I was going to be a contractor. I did not know I was going to end up doing a radio show. And and quite frankly, that's just a, a fun side thing from being a contractor. I just thoroughly enjoy taking the calls and answering the questions. But... You know, if mom hadn't been there to encourage me and and work with me on doing these projects, I seriously doubt I would have ever gained the knowledge I have to do the things I'm doing. So for that, thank you, mom. Let's head over to Fort Worth. And Raymond, welcome to WBAP. Hey, Big Jim, how are you, sir? Wonderful. How about you? Oh, any better, I wouldn't know what to do. Um, Just a couple questions. Um, I've got a house uh, down in Corsicana. And um, it was built like 1904, and I finally retired from the military, and I'm going to have time to work on the house. Um, I want to redo all the plumbing and all the electrical, and I'll, you know, there's a couple of, you know, the it's got the uh, uh, 105s on the outside, the, uh-huh. the old uh, shiplap. Yep. And I just, what? would be the easiest way to start to start at one end and work your way to the other or i mean just um i mean the, overall the house is uh i would say it's probably a uh b or c minus i mean a b uh a b or a c plus you okay. know no, nothing major yeah so. and, and you know those those old houses from that time period uh, with all that shiplap on the walls and everything, they are so solid. They are they're great homes oh, yeah. to work on. Oh, it, it's awesome! I love it. I love it. So, uh, t- to to answer your question, typically you want to start from the bottom, then go to the top and fill in in between. By that I mean, if the foundation has an issue, get that done first, because that affects gotcha. everything else in the building. Okay. But once that is done. If it needs a roof, get that done because you don't want leaks causing problems. Oh, it's a, it's got a tin roof. I love it. But anyway, oh, I'm sorry. Go ahead. Good, good. Uh, yeah, then you don't have to worry about that. So now you go in and take care of all the electrical, the plumbing, all the stuff that has to be done behind the walls. Right. And then you work your way out to redoing the uh, face of the walls, you know, whether you're putting sheetrock in or – or just patching what you got there, uh, all that kind sure. of stuff. Once you're done with that, you're ready for flooring. 
cabinetry. Oh, it's got hardwood floors, so it's great. Oh yeah, are you gonna ha- are you gonna have to have them refinished, or are they in good shape? Some idiot painted them chocolate brown, so I'm gonna refinish them. Okay, so, do yeah. that after the sheetrock work yeah. is done, but before you paint. Oh them. yeah. Just a reminder: it's a huge help if you subscribe to, rate, and review the podcast. It helps people find us. Now, I did have Scott send in a, an email, Understanding PEX. He says, Jim, with the many versions of PEX piping fittings, can you provide some insight on the best kind to use? I know there are different types of systems. Uh, are the metal fittings better than the plastic ones? Are the crimp rings better or are the cinch rings? There are some expansion fittings, too. I think they are called Whispero or something like that. Thanks for your guidance. Well, I, I will tell you, Scott. I, you know, I have a plumbing company, and uh, we do a lot of PEX plumbing and replace old galvanized and copper pipes that have gone bad over the years. And um, the system that I have found works the best for us is the Ubinor uh, system. And basically, what it does is it it pokes into the pipe or the fittings you hit a button on on the machine and it expands open the pipe and you slide it in a little further open it a little further slide it in you put your fittings in it has the crimp ring like you talked about that expands and it all shrinks back into its size on top of the fitting fits just does a, a great job of sealing everything up that is what i have found to be the best way to do uh the picks and we virtually have not have any issues out of that so upanor is what i would take a look at and just fyi yes those machines are rentable if you're going to try to do something on your own let's go to garland and dell this is jim how can i help you hey how are you sir i enjoy your show thanks uh i've got brand new windows the repella uh, uh-huh. Double hung, double hung, uh, double hung, double pane, uh, low E windows. Is there a compatible window privacy tint? And by that, you just want a tint where pe- you can see out, but there people aren't seeing in. Uh, preferably, but I've I've heard that the uh, the the low E tint on the windows conflicts with the aftermarket tint. Used to be that was a big issue. It, it's really not that big an issue anymore nowadays. Um, okay. So yeah, if you want to put a tent for that on there, you can. Uh, I will tell you that uh, typically, if you want to put something on to hide, you know, inside better, uh, I probably wouldn't look at a tent as much as I would one of the. Um, window fogging type looks you know yeah that's that's uh, you know i don't like that look but uh, that's probably yeah. where, where everybody's leading me toward it it is and, and you know the the window tint itself isn't going to do much for you energy efficiency wise you're already going to have some extremely energy efficient windows um and the problem that most of the tints have is Yes, during the day you don't see inside, but at night when you turn a light on inside, right, it's like there's nothing on that window at all. Okay. 
uh, do you recommend anybody in the Dallas area? I do not. Uh, not for doing okay. the window tinting. Uh, typically, I'll I'll look at like 3M products though because they they've got some really good ones for the windows. Sounds good. Okay. Well, I appreciate your your advice, sir. You bet. Take care, Doug. How are you? I'm fine, Jim. Thanks for taking my call. You bet. I'm having my roof replaced, and the contractor is uh, on the spec says four nails per shingle. Should the is four okay or should it be five? If uh, if you're in wind areas, they go to five. In, in most areas, four is fine. Okay, all right. Now you can always ask them to do five, though. Yeah, they're putting on. I'm I'm having uh, high impact shingles installed. So. Yeah, I mean, there's absolutely nothing wrong with going to five nails. It, and and quite frankly, it's just a spec. So all you got to do, if you if you feel more comfortable with it, just tell them, hey, yeah, you'd, I'd like a five nail shingle. Okay. All right. Thanks. You bet. Take care. Bye. Yeah, you get along the coast and and stuff like that. Uh, they do require more nails in those areas, but uh, four shing four nails, five nails. It's just a spec request, and they're used to having to make those changes, so it's not an issue at all to go ahead and ask for that. Paul in Dallas, what can I do for you? Hey, Jim. Yeah, I got a question. We've been in our house almost 30 years. It's paid for. The kids are out are out of college. Uh, we've got years and years of deferred maintenance, and we want to do a lot to our house. Okay. Um, where do you start? Who do you talk to first? Do you hire an architect? Do you talk to decorators? Do you talk to engineers? I mean, I, we, we're not we're Well, it, it depends on what you're going to do. You know, if if all you're doing is looking to uh, upgrade it and keep the same footprint, then you don't typically need the engineers and architects and st- things like that. Um, you know, you're just doing routine maintenance stuff, and the contractors can take care of that. But if you want to start removing walls or doing additions and things like that, that's when I'd start bringing in architects and engineers and people like that. Mm-hmm. Now, well, we're trying to figure that we're trying to figure that out, so we're not quite sure exactly what we want to do. But we just uh, then if if that's the case, um, the first thing I would probably bring in would be actually a design consultant not mm-hmm. not an architect and not an engineer but a design consultant who can help you decide what you want to do with the space you have okay and that's kind of like an interior yeah, designer or something like that well you know there are like 50 million of them here in dallas yep. how do you find one i mean who do you tr- i've looked at hows and they're like like hundreds of professionals on there and i just yep. you know it's just it's just uh not sure where to find well it, to, it really it really begins with just a, a couple of phone calls and find somebody that you're comfortable talking with mm-hmm. uh and and that's who you would bring out because if okay. if you're not comfortable talking with them on the phone trust me you're not going to like talking to them in in person and and it's got to be somebody that you're able to dialogue back and forth with uh-huh. And then when you when you do get ready to do this stuff, you know, like I told a guy earlier, 
if you got a foundation issue, you got to start with that because if you do a bunch of remodeling and renovations with a foundation that's down, uh, if somebody does come in and pick it up where it needs to be or should be, it's going to destroy all the remodeling you did. So you typically want to yeah. get you know that part settled first and then go from there with everything else. Right. Okay. Yeah, I think we'll probably want somebody to look at that because I figure, uh, for for the reason you said, we figure that whatever we put on top of it, we want to have that fixed first. So that's sure. kind of an easy call. That's uh, a that's a call to my company, to... Due West, and we'd be more than happy to come look at that okay. for you. Oh, all right. Now, let okay, me ask well, you a question. You. How old is the house? Uh, it's 53 years old, uh, built in the late 60s. It has a lot of 50-year parts in it. Okay. Um, we've done a few things to it over the years, but not a lot. Yeah. Um, so and it, it had been kind of redone before we bought it 30 years ago. But it's that it, those are all 30 years of wear and tear that we sure. want to change out. Okay. So yeah. t- typically what you're going to be looking at on a project like that then is your, you know, even, even if you, don't change the footprint. You just let's just pretend you're going to leave the the the, the walls in place and all that stuff. Uh, you're probably going to be looking at replacing windows to get them up yep. more energy efficient. Skim coat the walls so that you can go with the the modern what everybody's using for texture now is more the orange peel because you probably got the old stamped walls at the, in that home. Uh, and um, then it's just. Sheetrock walls, basically. Right, but uh, it has a texture on it, doesn't it? Not really. Just uh, not nothing unusual. They're just kind of rolled off, painted pretty much, and some wallpaper okay. here and there. Not a lot of texture. Yeah. So, I mean, and then uh, typically you're going to be looking at the the woodwork, whether you want to upgrade trims and stuff like that. But um, that and that's that's reason I say bring in an interior decorator first. And they'll be able to help you decide which way uh, you'd like to head. Pam, how are you today? I'm fine, thank you. And thank you for taking my call. Um, I have a question on a five-ton unit we had installed six years ago. Um, And this past December, we had energy-efficient windows put in. Um, Our air conditioner, we're thinking maybe oversized. For our house right now, it's a five-ton. Our house is 2560 square foot, one story. Um, It just seems to be cycling under 10 minutes and sometimes two to three minutes when it's like in the low 80s. So we're not able to get our moisture level below the 47%. Yeah. And that's running at, at 73 degrees. Okay. And what kind of moisture level are you running? Uh, well, it's, it's um, it'll run anywhere with me having to hype the air up, uh, forty-five to forty-seven percent humidity in the house. Okay. Now, I I don't know if that's high. Sometimes no, that that that's that that's actually not high. Um, you know, typically you're looking for. 40 to 65 so you're you're uh, oh. six, and 65 is is up on the the high end you don't want to go above that but typically okay. for most people the that that uh, 40 to 50 range is is the is the quite comfortable 
range to be in. Okay. But what what does happen at this at both spring and fall? Because I, I quite frankly have been noticing it myself every now and then, when the temperatures are just below what you would set your air conditioning system at. Uh, mm-hmm. So you really notice it at night, like you keep the AC at say seventy and it's sixty eight or sixty nine outside. The system's not hardly coming on. The temperature's down. The humidity levels are up. And yeah, exactly. It, it, it just makes you uncomfortable at that time, uh, and and that's really just a result of the ambient temperature outside. Uh, okay. Now, some systems, you get your newer type variable speed systems, monitor that moisture level and will kick on and dehumidify without cooling the place down, and so. There are ways of getting around that, but I don't know what you have in for a system right now. Right. Uh, now, when I first was very concerned, I did a couple of YouTube videos, and I found one fellow that said if you can ha- – now, and this is where I'm asking you for your your opinion. He sure. said if you can get an air conditioner company to come out, he said a lot of times if you can slow down the airflow yep. over the coils, that will, that will incur- help. Yes. Is that common? Will that hurt my unit? Like oh, not at all. Okay. No, it, it, it oh. won't hurt the AC system at all. And it's it's going to depend on the type, on the, uh, you know, what you have for an air air conditioning system. It's what brand a, do you have? It's a Rude. R-U-D-D. Some of the Rudes you can and some you can't. Okay. And and basically what what, what the way it works is there's a panel... And they have jumpers that go across these different connections. And that will dictate how fast the airspeed is. And so by moving it, they can slow or speed up that airspeed. And uh, so, yes, it's definitely worth talking to your AC guy. Now, your new techs may not know how to do that. So you're going to want somebody who's a little bit seasoned. Okay. Is that something that your company would be able to do also? Oh, yeah. We do it all the time. Okay. Oh, okay. Well, at least I—it's <laughs> good to know someone else said, "Oh, yes, you can do that." Because I thought, well, I wonder if they're just—you know—I I just don't want to spend that kind of money again. Because we had a furnace and the air conditioner I, put in. in six yeah, years. I would definitely there. I would definitely not recommend replacing it over that because okay. there are other things that can be done as well. Uh, well, what would something else be? Would you suggest? Just, well, just out of curiosity. Some of the other things that can really change how it flows is the size of the air return going into the air conditioning unit. Okay. Uh, and even the type of filter system you have can make a difference. Okay. Oh. Okay. Is this some? If we had someone come out, would they be able to help us with that? Oh yeah. You had, yeah. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Well, that's something to think about because I definitely, I mean, we've been happy with it. We've had no problems. And I thought, man, it's a good unit so far. <laughs> oh, yeah. No, it, okay. a six-year-old system, I, I would not tell you to replace that by any means oh. of the imagination. Okay. And would you, what, your opinion, would you slow the, the airflow down? I mean, is that something you would recommend uh, to help with the humidity? Or should we just leave it as is? You know, if you're already down in the 40, 45, 47 range, um, yes. is that the lowest it goes? 
I've had it 45. That's about the lowest. I mean, okay, if I, then if, yes. I, if I take the temperature down, so and it gets cold in here, but I, it has to get cold to, to run long enough to, re, to remove yeah. the moisture. Then yes, I would recommend slowing that fan down if it can be slowed. Okay. Okay. Well, I won't take any more of your time. So Not a problem. Thank you. Thank sir. you, Pam. Mm-hmm. Bye bye. Bye bye. Again, seven one three two one two five eight seven four. And yes, the the airspeed makes a huge difference by slowing the the fan down. What you do is you slow the air going across the coils and allow it to pull more moisture out of the air, and that's what helps bring the the moisture level down. And uh, you know, at, at my own house, when I'm really cutting down the humidity levels, I can get it down. You know, typically 35% if I if I want it there, but that 40 to 45 is usually a very comfortable range to be in. Hello, David. Hey, how's it going, Jim? Wonderful. Uh, I had a question. My wife and I uh, bought a 1980 home in Lamarck. Uh, it's been remodeled. It's very nicely done, and uh, we decided to get American Home Shield. We pay about $53 a month, but uh, that's to kind of cover anything that breaks in the house, you know, like air conditioning, uh, appliances, stuff like that. Is that right? Do you think that's a good deal or or not? Because we're we, we've been pleased with it. They've come out and worked on our ice maker and freezer, and uh, they, you pay a hundred dollars if they come out. But uh, you know, here, a house that age. Yeah, my ish. I typically don't buy home shields warranties any type of of uh, warranty like that and and the main reason I don't they have to charge enough to make money at it and the the downside is rather than replacing they will almost always fix something you could have an air conditioner and I know people who have had 20 year old air conditioners that are done but because they can put in a $400 part which is ridiculous to spend on it they do that because it's cheaper and and then the rates start going up so it's not something that i recommend but for a lot of people it's a nice start just follow the cost of it because over time they will increase and price it out of the market for you bruce how are you hey jim i'm doing good today a little hot but um hey i've got a uh, 40 by 60 steel building here jim that i built about four years ago uh-huh. And uh, with the high energy prices coming on here, I'm wanting to try to put solar on that thing. And uh, I've got a bid for a, uh, a do-it-yourself kit because I'm I'm pretty handy at doing stuff like that. But uh, I don't know if my uh, metal building roof will support it. It's uh, built on 20-foot spacing bays, and then the purlins are spaced at 5-foot on the roof with a 112 pitch. Yeah. And I don't have any specs on what the weight or what this roof will hold. Do you know any idea? Have you seen solar on steel buildings and have any idea what they will support? Uh, I have seen it done. Uh, what it supports, I can't, uh, you know, they're, they're typically built for a, a certain dead load. And, and honestly, I cannot remember what they're building metal buildings for on, on that dead load. Uh, but you should be able to get what the the weight is of the solar panels per square foot yes yeah they're 60 pounds a piece and i think there's 20 of them it'll be about uh, what 1200 pounds i guess 
Yeah, I'm thinking you'd be okay, but here, call your building manufacturer, and they would be able to give you the specs on the on the building and, and tell you if that'll work. And if you can't get a hold of them, call the city. It, was, it, would it, was it city inspected? No, this is in Montgomery County. Okay, then call the, the manufacturer of the steel building, and they should be able to give you the specs. All right, well, I kind of tried that. It's, it's, it's just... a standard set. We're going to head to Pearland and... Amy, this is Jim. How can I help you? Oh, hi, Jim. How are you? Wonderful. Good. Um, I have a puzzle. It involves okay. electrical lines for the house, an attic, and a bathroom. The electrical lines to the house are encased in a pitched covered walkway. They run all the way from the other side of the carport where the electrical box sits on the, on the outside of the garage, mm-hmm. across uh, inside the walkway into the attic, and then they get dispersed. Okay. The problem I'm having is with the bathroom. The bathroom sits on the back corner of the house on the second floor, and where the walkway hits right at the lower point of the second floor, it goes into the attic, and the back wall of the bathroom is um, that bathroom is always smelling very dank and moist. And lately, the ceiling in the bathroom, some of the paint has been flaking off. And a couple of times when I've touched it, it's been actually damp in the bathroom. So is there a way to fix whatever problem? I think it's a temperature problem because that hot air is just getting sucked all the way from the pitched roof above the carport, which, of course, I doubt is very insulated, if at all, all the way across the walkway, which I doubt is very insulated, if at all, into the attic, and it just surrounds the bathroom because that part of the attic uh, goes down the side of the the bathroom. Any idea on what I can do? I think I'm going to have to get the bathroom remodeled because at least the drywall taken out because it smells so bad, I'm concerned that there's mold and dampness. Yes. Um, And I had it once remodeled four years ago for the same type of problem. We found some mold in the bathroom, and then it's just come right back after a couple of years. Well... The first, you you are correct. The breeze that that breezeway cover and the garage are going to have no insulation, and nor should they, uh, because it's not air conditioned space. Sure. But the there shouldn't be airflow that comes through from there up into your attic. Uh, typically, the insulation would block that, and normally where the lines are penetrating through would have been sealed with foam or something in order to keep the air from flowing through there. So uh, you probably are correct in that you're going to have to, especially since that sheetrock is moist, you're going to end up taking that down. When it's taken down is the opportunity to look and see if everything is sealed up. And what I'm picturing in my head from the discussion was the breezeway ties into the wall uh, between the first and second floor, and the wires go in there and then up in the wall to the the attic, correct? Correct. Okay. So I I really don't think that that it's going to be an issue of the uh, airflow causing that problem. you know, just based on the description you just gave, I'm wondering if there's not a pipe with a pinhole in it that's not l- dripping or anything. It's putting out a very fine mist, and over time, okay. it causes this problem. 
Okay. Secondary thing is obviously it could be a roof leak, but uh, you know, just based on the fact that you've repaired it once, uh, the fa uh, the fact that it stays kind of moist there and you're getting that odor, I don't think it's a, a regular just a, a, a roof leak. I'm I'm thinking that the the water line up in the attic there has just a pinhole mist in it. Not enough where it's drenching anything, but it, it's kind of like when we go through a mister at, a, at an amusement park. It'll, it'll put out just this fine mist that over time builds up enough water that it starts causing the problem. So what type of person would be able to diagnose, or should I just go ahead and have the remodel, and when they remodel, Am I, no. How can I be sure they're going to actually fix the problem? Yeah, the first thing I would do is, is a, a plumbing check. And for that, they would basically shut everything off in the house, you know, the valves to the toilets and uh, to the refrigerator and all that stuff. They would pressure up the lines and see if it holds. And that would tell them if there is a pinhole leak in it. Uh, and if there is, then yes, let's... Then you can go into the remodel, and we just have to find where that pinhole is. Okay. And if they don't find a problem there, then then we're looking at the at the uh, attic for a leak or something. And I wouldn't necessarily say tear into the remodel yet. Is the wall feeling moist as well, or just the ceiling? Honestly, it's hard. I mean, everything when I go in there. Well, I can go up there right now, but um. Not not as not as damp as the ceiling has felt. Okay. But the whole thing in there when I'm in there, just and even when I come yeah. up the stairs, I can kind of smell. Is there any chance yeah. that they didn't insulate it? Uh, that I guess that I guess there's a chance of that. Yeah. Because if it's not insulated, uh, then yes, you could have this same type of issue. Okay. Okay. And who would I who would I get to check for that? Well, anybody could go up in the attic and look and Roof see if guy. there's insulation above it there. Okay. Now, even like a plumber doing a te uh, the the test could check that. Okay. Okay, it's hard to see from the entrance to the attic because there's a lot of insulation up there. But I'll I'll oh they have I'll tell to, them yeah to they'd have to walk across over there. Okay. Okay, so attic insulation. I mean, uh, attic roof for a leak, plumbing yep. check, and insulation. Yep. And then if they end up tearing it down, we try to fix all those things. And you, you, uh, call my office sure. and, and ask for uh, ask for Alton to come out and take okay. a look. Fantastic. Okay. He, he's my master plumber, but he, he's extremely knowledgeable and and he can he can check on stuff for you. Let's head to Sugarland. Hello, Chris. Hey, Jim. How's it going? Great. Yeah. I was wondering about uh, water softener and filter systems for my house. Uh, we have a like a four and a half bath. And uh, curious about uh, the pros and cons for, uh, you know, your traditional salt versus the alternative mediums. And then also, my hot water heaters are in my attic. Uh, instead of installing them in the garage, could they be installed in the attic also? Well, let's start with the, the different mediums. Uh, you know, if you have a not a really hard, hard water uh, you can get away with some of the alternatives. But if you truly have a, a hard water, then uh, salt is the only way to go. Um, 
the the other ways are just for for really light cases and and even the people who who sell the alternative methods uh will tell you that they have to use salt systems sometimes um as far as okay. companies who can do it um you know Culligan set the standard for everybody else uh, way in the beginning of of these uh systems uh pelican has a, a good system in fact that's uh what my brother has in his house uh i'm running a brita system in my house and uh yes i love having a water softener and filtration system in the house i i, I put in the combination because not only do i want the soft water but i like to to get all the junk filtered out of it as well and on top of that i use reverse osmosis for my drinking water and uh it mm -hmm. really does make a huge difference. Uh, you know, like when I go and I travel a lot out of town and stuff, I always love getting home to my shower where I've got the soft water because it, it just feels so much better. So Okay, uh, yeah. We also get those hard, hard water stains on our shower doors that are impossible to clean off. Yeah, and, and all that is done once you go to a water softener type system. Now, you asked about putting it up in the attic. You know... They can put them outside. They can put them in the garage. I would say, yes, you can put it in the attic, but I really wouldn't recommend it. And the main reason I don't, you know, a, a water heater, when it goes out, can make a, a real mess of things. A water softener is always discharging water as it cleans the tanks and stuff. And I just wouldn't want to take the chance of it being up there, to be honest with you. Okay, I was just trying to save some room in the garage. Yep. I, that's where my wood shop is. Um, and then outside, if we ever got one of those really bad freezes again, I'd be concerned with it that way. Absolutely. Uh, but you can build them in and, and keep a little heat source in there where you wouldn't have to worry about the freeze. Okay, fair enough. Thanks a lot. You bet. Have a good one. And before I jump back into the next call, I'm going to finish up one quick thought on dealing with these cities that uh, are doing this because it's not isolated to Katy. There's other cities, and sometimes it's, it's specific departments even. But cities, you are costing your citizens money. When contractors have to deal with this back-and-forth stuff because you're nitpicking on something. Now, I understand the wind loads and stuff need to be on there. Don't, don't get me wrong. But when you give information like, oh, yeah, you got to start all over with the drawings and redo it, and culvert has to be on a flat, come on. Think about it. When you start harassing the contractors, one, contractors aren't going to want to work in your city. And I know several cities where contractors just plain don't want to go to. Two, if they do come in there, they're charging more for your citizens. Why? So you can be a pain in the butt? You're supposed to be serving the citizens, not costing them more money. So, you know, if you're a department head or something, work with your staff to understand that they serve the people, not vice versa. My two cents for the day. You've just heard the best calls and questions from Texas Home Improvement. For more information about our show, go to THIPro.com. 